Your dream job is just a conversation away. Going back and getting that additional certification or degree is what really got you in the door. Besides, you wouldn't have the interview if you weren't qualified. But now is the time to separate yourself from the other candidates. Look, I get it. You don't do well in interviews, tests, or public speaking venues. But I think with just a little bit of practice and preparation, you will have those interviewers eating out of the palm of your hands. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. So today we're going to see if we can help you get that job. So we're going to talk about acing that interview. So in the first half of the show, uh, we're going to talk about some hacks or some psychological uh, tricks you can actually use to help you land that job. Next, we'll focus on some do's and don'ts uh, in a job interview. You definitely want to pay attention to that. Then we'll take a break. And then for some of you, uh, before you get the actual face-to-face -face interview, you may have a phone interview. So we'll actually break down how to kind of go about a phone interview. And then in the last segment, last but not least, we will definitely go over how to nail that face-to-face -face interview. Uh, in Startup Nation, before I start today's uh, content, I want to say that I've been a, a, a terrible friend. One of my good friends, R.G. Brooks, on his podcast, uh, the I Really Mean It podcast show, uh, he really shout-outs to Startup Life. He's been an early adopter since the very, very beginning, so I want to give him a shout-out. R.G., thank you for supporting us. Thank you for believing in us and what we do at the Startup Life. And Startup Nation, feel, please go to uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio and listen to the I Really Mean It podcast. It's an excellent podcast uh, that talks about not just the things that go on here in the city of Memphis, but also about business and business dealings and things of that nature on uh, his show. In Startup Nation, the reason I wanted to do this episode about Ace in the Interview, because I know a lot of times we only talk about entrepreneurship and this and the other, but I really wanted to talk about things that uh, relate to people who are not really on the entrepreneurship path, which is okay. You know, I want to give some support to people who have the nine to five. Now, if you're listening to this episode and you are an entrepreneur, I think you can take some things from this episode uh, to kind of, you know, if you're going before a presentation to kind of lay in a big contract for your company, for starters. I think some of the things that we're talking about in this episode can really benefit you as well. Startup Nation, I hope you're ready to receive great value today and let's take flight. So Startup Nation, once you get the application process down, they call you for an interview, this, that, and the other. Like I said in the opening monologue, if they call you back for an interview, you're qualified for the job. So you don't have to sell your you don't have to sell yourself on being qualified for the job. It's now it's time to point to kind of set yourself, you know, set yourself apart from the rest of the pack. So in this segment, let's talk about a few kind of like interview hacks, if you will, to kind of get you uh, above and beyond uh, your competition or the other candidates for the job. For starters, one of the best days 
to uh, schedule an interview is for Tuesday. The reason being is because that is when normally interviews are scheduled because on a Monday is typically when uh, HR is trying to uh, get things squared away for the week, you know, set the tone for the rest of the week. And then, you know, at the end of the week is usually when they're trying to wrap up things, all the tasks that they had for that week. And so Tuesday is probably like a nice little sweet spot, not Wednesday, but necessarily Tuesday, because usually a lot of people will try to go on Wednesday. That's when the bulk of the competition will kind of schedule interviews. So you want to go on Tuesday and also you want to do it like mid morning, like a 1030, which is why Glassdoor said that because you don't want to be early in the morning because they're thinking about the task that they have to do early uh, that morning. So you may not get scored accurately if you do it late in the morning. And then for obvious reasons, you don't want to do it late in the afternoon because by that time, uh, they're just trying to uh, prepare to go home for the day. And the thing is, you have to understand is that interviewers are human, just like you and I. So they, they have things that, you know, that go on outside of their job. They have things that they're anxious about, you know. And so you want to keep this in mind when scheduling your interview because you don't want to get uh, rated subjectively based on some biases or some things that they have going on. So remember that startup nation when you're scheduling your interview. Uh, uh, the next thing you want to focus on is, uh, like I said, try not to schedule your interview the same day as the strongest candidates. Most candidates try to schedule on a Wednesday because they feel like, you know, that's the sweet spot. That's when most people are going to, you know, kind of schedule their interview because in the middle of the week, because they know that, uh, you know, the middle of the week is the best time for the interview. Just like I said in the previous segment that, you know, the, be the beginning of the week is not great and the later in the week is not great. So they're trying to find a sweet spot. So doing that Tuesday uh, is probably a great time. And if you can find out, uh, you know, who your competition is, who the other interview or interviewees or candidates are, you know, get as much information as possible. You know, this is kind of like war in the sense of like, uh, you need actionable intelligence. And so if you can find out who is interviewing and what kind of school, you know, where they come from, what their background is, get that information. Uh, you know, and, and definitely if you can find out if they're going to interview, uh, on a particular day, try to, you know, go around, that interview because you don't want to get you know weighted unfairly of course because like i said interview interviewers are human in that regard and so uh, you kind of want to put yourself in the best possible light think about it if you play football you'd rather be on the opponent's 20 than your 20 right so if you can put yourself on the opponent's 20 to get that you know get in the red zone getting the touchdown then let's go ahead and do that on the front end another thing you want to consider uh startup nation is to match the color uh, of the outfit or the image you kind of want to project like you know you want to be mindful of the colors that you wear to the interview like i said this is kind of a psycho psychological warfare but you want to be mindful of that so you want to kind of uh think of certain colors that speaks to confidence or thinking logically and not necessarily there's something too flashy and i'll give you an example of what i'm talking about um a lot of times when you wear blue, it seems to suggest that like you're a team player. If you wear black, it seems to suggest that you're um, like ready for leadership. Another thing, like I said, I spoke about earlier about logical and analytical. If you wear grays, grays seem to seem like not only just professional, but they seem to be uh, projected as being analytical or logical in regard. If you wear like a white shirt, white collar shirt uh, underneath your business suit, that seems to suggest that you're highly organized. Brown seems to suggest that you're dependable. Red seems to suggest that, you know, suggests like power. 
and green, yellow, orange, and purple seem to suggest creativity. Now, your green, yellow, orange, and purple, look, Startup Nation, I am not saying don't wear those colors. But what I am saying is that, like, don't go in there with no purple suit. Don't don't go in there with the Steve Harvey special, okay? Look, I love Steve Harvey, love his suits. They're awesome. But they're probably best suited for church as opposed to an interview, okay? So don't come in there with your lavender plum suit. You know, nine times out of ten, you're going to get docked, you know, points for that because that just seems just that that's not a professional setting or at the very least that's not a suit or a color that you want to wear in abundance to a job interview. Now, if you got like a gray suit with like a lavender under, you know, uh, dress shirt underneath, I think something like that is okay. Or if you have like a, you know, uh, a dress suit and you have like a, uh, uh, with a uh, yellow or orange pocket square because it goes with the undershirt or something, I think that's okay too. But don't go in there with your tangerine suit, Stardomation. I don't think, I think that's a bad look for you. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But feel free to wear Easter Sunday or to church or wherever you want to wear it, but just probably not to a job interview. Another thing you want to consider uh, when you're answering your uh, interview questions is consider the uh, interviewer's age. We talked about in a previous episode uh, about the millennials, if your interviewer is a millennial, you want to tailor some of your answers uh, to what a millennial will look for. For example, uh, if you can bring along visual samples of your work or highlight your ability to multitask, that's going to speak highly to a millennial, millennial interviewer. If the interviewer is more Generation X, maybe uh, 37 to you know 50, somewhere in that regards, then emphasize some of your creativity and how work-life balance contributes to your success in the workplace, to success in your role, uh, in in, uh, in in your previous roles. Okay, so think about that if you're kind of focusing on an interviewer who is part of the Generation X generation. If you're interviewing with a baby boomer, think about. Uh, how you want to display hard work is important to you, that you don't mind, you know, clocking long hours if need be. You don't mind, you know, doing, a, you know, going a little bit beyond the call of duty, going a little bit beyond what the role uh, dictates to kind of get the job done. And if for some reason you may come across uh, the greatest generation or the silent generation, really focus on loyalty to the brand, loyalty to the company. Okay. So that, that's something that's going to play well with that type of interviewer. So I'm not just startup nation. Do not ask for the interviewer's age. Okay. I'm not saying that, but if you can gain whatever intelligence, if you can kind of guesstimate that person's age or what their generation is, kind of tailor your answers to uh, that interviewer's, you know, age range and, you know, and typically you're kind of, you're kind of going to be okay, uh, with the interview in that regard. Because like I said, if you tailor it to, you know, what they want to hear, they're going to kind of, you know, give you some extra bonus points or brownie points, if you will, in the interview. Also, um, Startup Nation, be mindful of hand gestures. Okay. So one thing that plays psychologically is if you have your palms, it, it seems to project the air of confidence or a sense of leadership, if you will. If you have your if you have your palms startup nation facing up, if you will, that seems to suggest a sense of sincerity that you're sincere about what you're talking about in that moment. If you have your palms face down, then that seems like dominance, and you don't want to kind of come off as that, right? You know, you you don't want to come off as like not a team player. So be kind of steer away from having your hands planted face down on the table the interview table another thing you may want to consider is uh, some things to try to avoid is also concealing your hands which seems to suggest a sense of distrust also tapping your fingers shows impatience 
One thing you definitely don't want to do, Startup Nation, at any point in the interview is to fold your arms. That seems to suggest to the interviewer a sense of not being interested, a person who's kind of like, you know, not getting their way or disappointment, if you will. And also, you don't want to overdo your hand gestures, if you will, which I know is seems a bit ironic because of the hand gestures I just gave you, Startup Nation. But you kind of don't want to overdo it. Like in anything in life, Startup Nation, you want to be mindful of balance, okay? So I know I just gave you some examples of uh, hand gestures, but you definitely don't want to overdo those hand gestures because at that point, you're just distracting the interviewer, and that's something you definitely don't want to do with that. Also, Startup Nation, see if you can find something in common with the interviewer. I know a lot of times when we talk about in entrepreneurship that, you know, you don't want to uh, just be like a faceless brand or people buy things uh, from your company, from people that they know. It works the same way in a job interview. You want to be mindful that they're trying to get to know you. You're going to be working with this person. So like people are going to give high marks with people they have something in common with, people that they feel like they can uh, not necessarily adapt to, but something they can share common experiences, common things, just different type of commonalities between one another. And so people tend to do business with people that they know and tend to do business with people uh, and things that they have in common with. So in a job interview, it goes the same as well. Also, see if you can mirror the, uh, the interviewer's body language. This can be an effective key uh, in trying to, you know, calm the interviewer down, make them more acquiesce to not necessarily to what you want, but kind of acquiesce to getting them to know you, getting to feel comfortable with you. Because like I said, they're going to be working with you as well. So if you kind of mirror their body language, it kind of, you know, pr uh, project a sense of like them being comfortable with you or being proactive to get them to be comfortable with you, Startup Nation. Also, you want to consider uh, complimenting the interviewer as well. Even if it's something simple like, hey, those are some nice shoes or if it's a situation where I really like, you know, what you've done with the HR department, I really like what you've done in the grand scheme of of company XYZ. For example, maybe they're not with the HR department. Maybe they're one of the uh, managers that you'll be interviewing with. Right. And you want to kind of compliment them like, hey, I really like what you did with the company because within the company's, you know, uh, goals and visions, because, you know, when you do this, it really speaks to how the company uh, wants to move forward. And you're a great example of that. So you want to be mindful to kind of, hey, man, pander a little bit. It's not wrong with that. But make sure when you do give that person a compliment, don't take it as a as a uh, as an avenue to self-promote yourself. You want to give that interviewer all the praise in that moment when you're giving them confidence. Now, once again, you don't you know you got to find that balance, right? You don't want to compliment them too much because after a while, it just seems like you're just patronizing them. And that's just that's not a good look, Startup Nation. So be mindful of that as well. One of the biggest things, Startup Nation, that you need to remember when having uh, your interview is to show confidence. Like that's the name of the game at this point. Like I said, once you've turned in the application and they called you in for the interview it is at this point to where your your qualifications are no longer in question okay they may question you about your qualifications but they already know like if, if you get to the interview process you're qualified for the job and so it is at this point where you're trying to separate yourself from the rest of the pack so 
Be confident. Be confident in your ability. Be confident in your qualifications. Be confident in yourself. And that's what the interview is going to look for because if you're confident with them, you're going to be confident in that role. And if it is a sales role, you're going to definitely going to be confident in a sales role. So be mindful. Be confident in your approach, Startup Nation. Also emphasize how you took control uh, in your previous jobs, right? Not necessarily dominated your roles in previous jobs, but how you took initiative where if you seen something that needed to be done and you were not asked to do it, but you just did it anyway, be mindful of that. Or if you saw there was a process or a system in place that you thought could be done a little bit better, you know, and you, and that you just went on and did it, go ahead and say that. Remember, we said this, you know, a while back, and you've probably heard this in many books and many other podcasts, wherever the case may be. It's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. So if you live by that creed and you live by that notion, make sure you explain that startup nation. Make sure you express that to the interviewer that that's you know something that you're able to do because they're going to come to expect that in this role. Like you know, no matter if you're the you're interviewing for a janitor job or a food line service job or or you know a personal banker job it doesn't matter you want to show that you take initiatives in whatever role that you take also be um startup nation be mindful and be candid of your weaknesses don't you know uh, unfortunately uh, a lot of times when you get interviewed you're, you know, you're going to be asked that question, what are your weaknesses or whatever, right? And a lot of times we answer that question, well, you know, I'm too perfect or I'm a perfectionist or I work too hard or something like that. And honestly, those type of answers really come off as kind of patronizing, if you will. You know, like I said earlier, they come off as kind of patronizing. It's not genuine. So when, you, when you're asked about your weaknesses, be open and honest as possible. Now, don't get me wrong. Remember the rule of TMI, too much information. Don't give them, don't give them all the tea, right? But at the same time, you want to be candid. Like, look, I'm probably not as organized as I should be. You know, uh, it's something that I've worked on from time to time, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, for some reason, I'm, you know, that's not, you know, uh, something that that's my, my forte. And that's okay. An interviewer is going to appreciate that. They're going to appreciate that candidness. Okay. So don't know. One of the things you don't want to do is lie. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later, even though I feel like that should be self-explanatory, but that's neither here nor there, Startup Nation. Also, uh, Startup Nation, like I said, you know, kind of go back to being confident. If you're one of those people who, like I said, in the open monologue where you don't do well on tests and you don't do well on, you know, in or interviews, you know, prime yourself to feel powerful. What do I mean by prime yourself to be powerful? Look, some people, they, they listen to motivational speeches before an interview or for, before a big presentation uh, or they, you know, they, they have like, you know, written down affirmations or whatever the case may be, you know, whatever you feel like you got to kind of prime yourself before you go into the job interview. That's great. Uh, one of you know people that I admire, one of Harvard business professor, Amy Cuddy, she always talks about power poses, right? And so a lot of times before a big presentation or a public speaking event, or even a job interview, uh, sometimes what people would do is stand in like a power pose for like 60 to 90 minutes or maybe even two, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not 60 to 90 minutes, 60 to 90 seconds or two minutes long uh, right before they go into the interview, before they go into the building. You know, they maybe even, you know, before they even get called to the back to interview, they go in the bathroom and do a power pose. What's a power pose? Well, you've seen Superman, right? You know, that truth, justice in the American way pose when he 
standing with you know your your with your arm with your fist clenched on your hips and you got your chest out this and the other that's kind of like a power pose or if you're like you know you just won your you know your I don't know eleventh NBA championship and you got both arms pumped to the air you know raised fists or whatever those are considered power poses and science has has you know seemed to suggest that like your cortisol levels reduce in that regard which leads to stress and so you feel more confident more open more alive and more ready to kind of tackle the task at hand so consider a power pose look i know you may feel like you're you know look like a doofus you know uh in those you know 60 90 or you know 120 seconds you know in your power pose but long term if you get the job i feel like that two minutes was worth it, right? So consider, you know, doing a power pose or having affirmations or living, listen to Les Brown or Eric Thomas right before, or Tony Robbins, you know, if that's your fancy, but like a motivational speech right before uh, your job interview or big presentation. Also, start a mission, speak expressively, you know, uh, when you're answering your questions. Because the thing is, when you speak expressively, you sound smart. If you have like this monotone, you know, I worked at such and such for three years and at this job we we did accounting and in this role we did this. If you speak with that type of monotone cadence or pace out of nation, you're going to come off as not only that you're not interested, you're going to come off as maybe not as smart as you really are, right? So when you speak expressively, it's seen as just like you know the content, you know what you're talking about, you know how you want to attack this notion. So be mindful that when you answer your interview questions, Startup Nation, just speak expressively. Let them know, hey, let it shine. Let your awesomeness radiate in that room. Let your confidence be known to everybody in that room. Like you're there to do a job. You know that job like the back of your hand and that you can do that job efficiently and more importantly, better than anybody else interviewing for that role this next thing startup nation seems to go without saying but i feel like i need to say it make eye contact once again it's a confidence thing if you're making eye contact with the interviewer you know that seems to suggest like you know you know your content you know your you know you know your role you know how you can be uh, you know, successful in the role that you're interviewing with and the interview interviewer is going to know that. So be mindful to make contact with the interviewer when you get in the room. Also be friendly and assertive at the same time. Look, like I said, I and I can't stress this enough. And for the life of this podcast or this show, mind you, uh, I'm going to repeat this. It requires balance. OK, so be friendly, be open and honest, be friendly with the interviewer. Is it the same time? But at the same you know, with them, but at the same time, be assertive, be a go-getter, be willing to take, you know, take a little bit of risk. You know, if you feel like there's something in the back of your head that, you know, you feel like it may be a little risky, go ahead and say it, you know, go ahead and say it. Once again, it's, it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. So like I said, be assertive, be confident in, you know, in your uh, interview. And last but not least, Startup Nation, uh, show your potential. Showcase that potential. Show that you have the potential to grow in the role. You have the potential to not only grow in the role, but grow in that department, to grow within the company because they want to see that. They want to uh, see that you can be an asset uh, to the company because that's why they're interviewing you. They're looking for an asset to grow and scale that company, Startup Nation. So for be mindful of that. Now, Startup Nation, you know, I just finished up giving you some kind of psychological hacks for an interview. So now I'm going to tell you some things that you should not do in an interview. Okay. So the first thing, first and foremost, and I don't know why I need to say this, but I feel like I need to say it. Do not lie. Okay. Do not 
lie, okay? In this day and age, in social media, and, and fuck that, Google, you can find out pretty much almost anything you need to know about a person, okay? So if you say that, you know, you went and got a, a, a degree at XYZ University and you didn't get a degree at XYZ University, you're going to be found out. If you say you had a, a job being uh, a, a manager at wherever else, you know, company and you didn't, it can be found out. And HR, you know, is it, going to like, you know, you know, not only fire you, but they probably, you know, if you get the job, of course, they're not only going to fire you, but they might even ask for the money that you got in salary back. So do not lie, Stardomation, okay? Don't, let, let's not do that. Another thing during the interview that you want to be mindful of is to answer a cell phone or text during the interview. Look, put your phone on silent, you know, that, that it, it can wait. Like I said, uh, you know, when we talked about earlier about being a doofus, doing a power pose, you know, you don't want to answer a, a text message in the middle of an interview, you know, that could cost you something long term, like this job that you're interviewing for. You don't want to do that startup nation. So like I said, light the line. I feel like I don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't answer your phone or text. Put it on, put on mute, put on vibrate, you know, uh, this and the other. Put on hell, put on airplane mode so that way you don't even have the psychological Pavlov's dog situation to where you just feel like you have to answer the phone. Put on airplane mode turn, or hell, turn it off. Just turn it off during the interview process, okay? But just be mindful that don't 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 answer your phone or text message during the interview. That that is one of the fastest ways to lose favor with the interviewer startup nation, okay? Be mindful of that. Another thing you don't want to do is come off as arrogant or condescending, okay? Because if you're coming off as arrogant and condescending to the person that holds your uh your uh professional career in their hands is as far as uh in that company, if you're gonna be arrogant or condescending with them. You're going to be arrogant and condescending with your boss. You're going to be arrogant and condescending with your fellow team members. You're going to be arrogant and condescending if you're applying for a manager role, definitely to your subordinates. So you don't want to come off of that. And nobody wants to hire that. Unfortunately, we have this thing in society that if you come off as an asshole or a dick, that person is like, you know, that person has leadership potential. No, that person is just an asshole. OK, so just because they come off as like, you know, this like super, super assertive person doesn't necessarily mean they're right for that role. So don't come off as arrogant. Don't come off as condescending. The next thing you don't want to do is dress inappropriately. We talked a little bit about this earlier, about some of the wild colors and church suits that you may have. If you're in the black community and you hear me talking about tangerine suits and plum suits, you know what I'm talking about. But you don't want to have like a loud suit going into an interview. That's not professional setting. That's, that's, that's not the proper setting for uh, that type of um, attire. You also want to make sure that you know you're, you're you know you're clean and you smell good. I'm not saying you know pour a gallon of cologne on you or perfume or whatever if you're a woman on yourself. But what I'm saying is like you wanna you wanna smell nice. You know you want to have proper body odor. You know which sounds weird, but uh, but you also want to have make sure you don't have excessive creases in your clothes and seem like you're well kept. You know, make sure you iron your shirt and you get your your suit pressed and your shoes shined and your and your socks cleaned and this that, and the other. You want to be mindful of that startup nation. And, and what you definitely don't want to do, and I'm only saying this because I've seen it. If you're going for a job, dress you know either what the job requires or over the top. And what I mean is, if you're applying for 
a janitor role and you won't be wearing a suit and tie in your janitor role, wear a suit and tie to an interview. Okay. Do not, you know, dress below what the, you know, what the job requires. I And I'm only saying this thought of nation because I have seen people come to a job interview in a, in a, in a, in a white tee and some jeans or in a, in a, my God, a wife beater in some jeans. Okay. Which is just ridiculous. But, uh, but that's neither here nor there. So long story short, dress appropriately. Okay. Another thing you don't want to do is to blame other people for your mistakes. Look, when you get into uh, the professional world, startup nation, you get into whatever role that you're trying to uh, attain or whatever the case may be. If you feel like you have eyes on being a CEO of a company one day or in leadership role, accountability is everything. So you can't start off in the interview blaming others where I got job because that person did this or I got, no, I'm sorry, I got fired because that person did this or I didn't get that promotion because this person did that. Like startup nation, that, that's, that's, that's not how we roll. That's not how we roll, okay? You need to have accountability for what yourself, your actions, and what you do. And yes, maybe somebody did have something to do with you not getting a promotion or you not getting a raise or you not getting a job elsewhere, okay? But you're not going to bring that up. That that You just got to grill that up and eat it, as my drill sergeant would say when I was back in the Army. You got to grill that up and eat it, okay? So take, take accountability for yourself. Don't blame others. Um, Another thing you want to be mindful of is to not to make certain body language mistakes. So let's talk about that a little bit before we go to break. Like I said earlier, not making eye contact is something that can really lose you some favor with your interview. If you're looking off to the side or off in the sky or looking down at the ground, this, that, and the other, you know, that speaks to an air of not being confident. That speaks to an air of, hell, not even paying attention or engaged in the process of the interview. So be mindful of that startup nation. You want to make sure that you have proper eye contact. Also, you know, refusing to smile. Look, you're a human being. You're not a robot. You're not an android, okay? It's okay to smile. Now, don't get me wrong, like, there are certain times where you, you know, you want to have a certain level of decorum and where the, the there's, you know, read the room, right? There's a certain level or a certain time where you may not need to smile or want to laugh at something, right? But being this, you know, android or this robot you don't want to re re smile or something you know that that speaks to a person that's kind of unhappy and you don't want somebody in, in your company to be unhappy okay so you may not want to just try to have this stiff upper lip type of situation going into an interview if something you know you know uh requires you to smile go ahead and smile or at the very least after every you know uh question you finish answering smile for like two seconds you know so, you know, it even lets them know that you're finished talking, right? So being refusing to smile is one of those things. It's a major concern when uh, interviewing for uh, a job. Also, um, don't bring your fidget spinner to the job interview, or more importantly, don't play with something on the table. If there's like a piece of paper or something, or, or like a um, pencil or something that's on the table, don't find yourself playing with it. That speaks to what I was saying earlier about fidgeting with the tabletop or whatever, or like tapping your fingers on the table. That speaks to a, a sense of uh, being uneasy or being anxious or high level anxiety, if you will. So be mindful that you're not playing with something on the table. Or like I said, you know, uh, bringing your fidget spinner to the job interview, which brings me to my next point. Don't fidget too much in your seat. Same thing. It speaks to a level of being anxious, being uneasy, being unnerved about 
you know, kind of being in the hot seat, because an interview is kind of like that. It's kind of like being on the hot seat, but you want to be mindful of that startup nation. You don't want to uh, be caught in a situation where you seem like you're anxious or fidgety or whatever the case may be. And lastly, before we go to break startup nation, crossing your, you know, uh, crossing arms or folding arms across the chest. We talked about this, right? When you do that, you have this, this sense of being disinterested, not being, uh, you know, uh, not being really engaged in the process of the interview, right? And the last thing you want to do in a job interview is to seem disinterested, okay? Let me repeat that. The last thing you want to do in a job interview is to seem disinterested. So try to avoid that as you move forward in your job interview, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. I hope you're getting great value from today's content. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to Startup Life. teacher looking for great resources look no further than our teaching with Al section of our website enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the nixon presidency as part of our legacy series enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are common core line click the link in the show notes to purchase all right startup nation so let's continue so uh, a lot of times when uh before you get the face-to-face interview you may have like a phone interview kind of like a preliminary interview usually given by hr before you meet with like a hiring manager or something in that regard so let's see if we can kind of help you prepare for that all right so the first thing you want to do you know when you have that scheduled phone interview is to be in a place or schedule a place to kind of be by yourself in a nice a room with, you know, decent acoustics, you know, not none like, you know, you don't want to be in a gym or whatever, right? Where it's like echo and stuff like that. So you want to prepare ahead of time, right? You know, try to schedule it while the kids are at, at school or, you know, while the kids are away. Cause you definitely don't want like a two year old kind of pulling at your, your uh, legs or whatever. If you, um, you know, are doing the interview process on the phone. Now, if it's some a situation where you, uh, you can't get daycare or this, that, and the other, uh, you know, try to be mindful that, you know, let the interviewer know like, hey, uh, I, I have my two year old. So if she you know bothers me from time to time, just want to let you know this ahead of time. So at the very least, if you can't avoid that, you're setting the expectation ahead of time for the interview to not you know. So that way they can be prepared and kind of give you that uh, that extend you that courtesy, if you will. But the first thing you want to do, you know, uh, is do your homework, know about the company, know about the interview and try to state some of your answers uh, with like the company motto, the company vision, the company mission or wherever the case may be. Right. Uh, and so be mindful of that. And we talked about creating a comfortable environment. You really, you know, if you can pull this off, 
you want to be like in an office setting when you do your phone interview because it puts you in the mind frame of a professional setting like it's kind of hard to be in a professional setting when you're sitting off the edge of your bed right but you know in a phone interview you want to be mindful of a professional setting and so your answers and your tone and your uh you know the way you speak is going to come off in a professional manner because your headset or you know not headset your mindset is of a professional uh way because you know you, you know you, you know uh because you got uh you know the office space you got a desk in front of you whatever the case may be also you know uh dress up for the phone interview because once again it's adding to that mantra of being in the right mindset of you know being in a professional setting to do uh, an interview if you will now during the phone interview one of the things you want to do is to listen first a lot of times the uh the person on the phone is kind of going to set the tone for the entire conversation a lot like a face-to-face -face interview but the thing is in a face-to-face -face interview you can kind of look and read the room for this regard but in a phone interview, it's all about the audio. It's kind of like this podcast, right? You know, if I was doing a video podcast, you know, I probably want to have a nice studio. I can have, you know, different type of graphics, this, that, and the other. But this is an audio-only podcast, so I don't necessarily have to invest in a studio. So think about that kind of like in a phone interview where, you know, everything is about listening and, and auditory and, you know, speaking clearly, right? So the first thing you want to do is listen. You want to listen to how the tone of the interview is going to be, how the setting is going to go, how the pace is going to go. And you want to be mindful of that. So that way you won't speak out of turn, speak out of line. And more importantly, you'll know what to expect throughout the phone interview. Once you listen and you gather, you know, and I know it's one of those things my grandmother used to tell me, speak to uh, comprehend, not to respond or something along those lines. Basically what you're saying is don't have like a prepackaged answer once you hear like the beginning of a question right so you want to be mindful of that and when you talk uh you know speak clearly speak expressively you know you really want to come through over the phone that you have the potential to do the role you have the potential to ex to excel in the role and one thing that i do in phone interviews and even when i do this podcast out of nation is that i smile when i do the podcast when i do a phone interview or when i'm talking to a potential client or whatever the case may be the reason is, is because it automatically puts you in the space that you're happy. If I don't know what it is that when you smile, it automatically puts you in the mindset of like being happy. It puts you in the mindset of being expressive. So when you talk, smile while you talk, you know, because like, I don't know if it just automatically just keeps your mouth open. I don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure there's some science out there to explain it, but uh, smile when you talk so that way you can come off as expressive and ultimately come off as knowledgeable in the role that you're applying for. And also you want to create a positive ending. You don't want to come off as like, you know, the, as a, what's the, the, the Eeyore, Eeyore off of Winnie the Pooh. You don't want to come off as Eeyore as Winnie the Pooh. You don't want to come off as Oscar the Grouch. So when you talk about each question is any other, kind of end it on a positive note. And even when you end the interview itself, try to end it on a positive note. Say, thank you for the call. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for talking to me at this time because that lets you know that not only you appreciate the opportunity, you know, you know the things that you're saying, 
but it lets you know that you appreciate that interviewer's time because the thing is, they're not just like, you know, impeding on your time, which is probably a terrible word, but they're not just, uh, your time is not only valuable, the person that's interviewing you, their time is valuable as well. They could be doing something else uh, if you're not, if you're going to be disinterested in the phone and if you're disinterested in the role itself. So be mindful to create that positive energy. Be thankful of the phone interview in that regard. After the interview, once you hang up this, and the other, send a thank you note, send a thank you email. Once again, you're appreciating them for the opportunity to speak with you at the moment. You're appreciating the opportunity to have uh, the potential to fill the role that they need. So send a thank you note. You can send an email. That's fine. Many people send emails, you know, uh, right after the interview. And when I say right after, I mean like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right after the interview. That shows a level of assertiveness. That shows a little level of uh, not just potential, but it shows a level that you're very engaged in the process. It shows a level that you really are interested in that role. And, you know, an interviewer wants to see that. So when you send a thank you note or send a thank you email, be mindful of that. I think it's better if you send a handwritten note, because sending a handwritten note with a card and everything speaks to suggest like if you're going to sit down and write a handwritten thank you note, that means you really take this personally and you really want to have this role because you took the time out because time is valuable. You took the time out to handwrite a handwritten note and then mail it to them as opposed to just sending a really quick email. No, so think about what goes into that process and what that person is going to be thinking about. Because like I said, send an email takes all of what, 10 minutes, if that long, right? But if you send a handwritten note, you got to like write the note, you know, got to buy the car, write the note, you know, then mail the note, right? And all that goes into that. So just be mindful of that startup nation. Also, uh, you want to be patient. Look, nobody, it, a lot of times you're not going to get hired on the spot. Okay. And so... You know, the last thing you want to do is like, you know, so am I hired? Am I hired? Am I hired? You don't want to do that. Now, granted, what you want to do is, you know, if you haven't heard from them after a while, send like a follow up, like, hey, send a follow up note or send a follow up email. Say, hey, I just want you to know that, you know, I really had a, a really good time interviewing with you, you know, on you know, uh, January 15th, 2000, whatever. And uh, I just want you to know I'm really still interested in the role. You know, if there's anything I can clear up as far as my answers, feel free to ask me or give me a call. I can clear that up for you. Because once again, Startup Nation, you are conveying to the interviewer that you are interested in that role. Okay. Now, you don't want to hit them up every single day for like two weeks. or you don't want to hit them up a whole bunch of times. I say, you know, uh, after you, know, you send your initial Thank you note. If you haven't heard anything in about a week or two weeks, send an additional email. And if you haven't heard from them, it's probably just time to move on. But, you know, you know, if you want to do what I would do when I was, you know, looking for work and this, that, and the other, I would just keep looking for a job. So that way my mind is not just consumed on that one particular job. You know, the whole putting all your eggs in one basket type of doctrine. You don't want to do that, Startup Nation, because you'll just run your mind ragged thinking about, are they going to call? Are they going to call? Will they call? Will they please hurry up and call this, that, and the other, right? It's almost kind of like a relationship, you know, trying to like, you know, trying to get that boy or girl to get you to call you back. It's, it, it works the same way. It's the same dynamic, Startup Nation. So be patient. You know, if they don't call you back, hey, you'll you'll find a job elsewhere, and that's okay. That is totally okay. And that just speaks to really like, you know, after a while, just kind of facing reality. After a while, they haven't, if you haven't heard from them, nine times out of 10, if you haven't heard from them like a month or, 
or something like that, you know, nine times out of 10, they've probably went in a different direction. Unfortunately, uh, in this day and age, uh, and some some HR departments are good about it, but most of them are not. It, it's kind of common courtesy that if you don't get the job, that they send you some type of correspondence saying that you did not get the job. Whether it be like, hey, you gave a great interview, uh, you know, you know, but we decided to go in this direction. And that's okay. And that, that speaks to them valuing your time as well. In that regard, you can either say, hey, thank you for the opportunity. I hope the person in the role, you know, does well, blah, 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 blah. Or you can, what you can also do, and this will go a long way. You're like, hey, thank you for the opportunity. You know, I hope that person fills the role. However, if you would, could you let me know what are some things that I could have done that could have landed me over the top to get that role? Because the thing is, maybe they didn't hire you then, but they may come circle back around to you later, you know, later down the road when maybe that particular role doesn't work out or a role that maybe be comparable to that role comes available that they think you may be available for. It's one of those things where you want to kind of keep that bridge, you know, uh, you know, open and operational, if you will. You don't want to burn it down, right? So, you know, that's some of the things you can do after the interview, once you face reality and you feel like you may not be getting that job, do some of those things. Email them and say, thank you for the opportunity or email them and say, thank you for the opportunity. What are some things I could have done differently in that interview to kind of put me over the top to land that role? And for our last segment, Startup Nation, the day has come. Interview day has come. It's here. There's the face of Ace of Interview you, you nailed the application, you nailed the phone interview, and now it's time for that face-to-face -face interview. Remember, the first thing you already wanted to do is to do that power pose, right? Like I said, maybe you do look stupid for like two minutes, right? But if you get that job, it'd be well worth it, right? So be willing to invest two minutes of looking like a dork for, you know, a potentially 20-year career in a role or with a company, you know, uh, that turns out to be great for you and your family. Just think about that for a minute, Star Nation. But anyway, the day has come. You want to nail that interview, okay? So let's do it. Now, there's going to be, you know, interview questions. They come a dime a dozen, right? Uh, Inc.com, you know, from the magazine, they had like a list of like 50 typical interview questions uh, you know, that you may be, uh, may be asked during the interview face-to-face -face process, right? Now, I'm not going to go through all those, Startup Nation, but if you look in the show notes, I have listed all 50 of those interview questions for you to practice, okay? And that, that leads me to the first thing. You must practice for the interview, okay? If this is a job that you really want and you really want to nail that sucker, practice practice those interview questions thought of nation like i said they're there in the show notes for you to kind of go over and you know and as a tool for you to land that job but anyway the first thing you want to do after you do your power pose of course is to identify the hook every time i say that i think about this uh song by murphy lee of the saint lunatics called what's the hook gonna be but it really is important to know what your hook is what your stick is for example, when you're giving your inner, when you're uh, answering your job interview questions, you know it may be a story that you tell that's very memorable to the interview. Or if you tell, you know, like I said in a previous episode, like let's say you have a podcast yourself and you say, like I got this podcast where I talk about this that, and the other, that's memorable to the interviewer because what you're doing. Uh, in an interview with your hook, that is, is you're separating yourself from everybody else. Because, like I said, you're, you're gonna hear like college degree, 
play, you know, went here for X amount, you know, worked here X amount of years, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, I got a podcast, too. I'm like, wait, what? So that's going to be something memorable for the interviewer. And nine times out of ten, that's going to be high marks for you as they rate your interview process. Also, Startup Nation, you need to know the essence of the job that you're applying for. Look, if you're applying for the job, you need to know, I'm not saying the ins and outs of that job, but at the very least, you need, you need to have a handle on that role. So one thing you can do uh, is go to, uh, you know, you look up your job and you look to either glassdoor.com for that particular role with that particular company and what it asks for this and the other, or you find something at a, a similar company with a similar role to see what that looks like. Because the thing is, they want to know that you have a handle on the job. You don't know, you don't necessarily have to know it like the back of your hand, but they want to see how much training and how much thought process you went into thinking about the role that you're trying to that you're asking for this company to give you okay so know the general essence if it calls for accounting you need to know accounting if it calls for customer service you need to be very quite knowledgeable on customer service notions now they're going to teach you you know their doctrine their way of how they approach customer service you know i'm not going to say the accounting because accounting is accounting you don't want to be called cooking the books right that's a whole nother conversation a whole nother podcast out of nation but anyway if it's one of those things where uh you're talking about customer service they're going to teach you how they see customer service like it's a sun trust bank or something like that right they're going to teach you how sun trust bank presents customer service if it's like a coca-cola call center coca-cola is going to teach you how they take their approach to customer service right but at the very least you need to have a a general handle on what customer service is right and also you want to know what makes you a great fit for that role you want to convey that to the interviewer in every single question okay you know for example uh if you were you know, for example i used to be a personal banker uh, at Wells Fargo. Okay. So if I'm trying to apply for, I don't know, to be a personal banker at like Chase, at Chase Bank or whatever, right? I'm going to play on some of my experiences from Wells Fargo to Chase Bank. Now, sometimes when you're interviewing, a job, interviewing for a job, it may not be as linear as bank to bank, right? So it may be a situation where you were a, a, a customer service rep at, let's say, um, Hell, let's just say McDonald's, right? And you work the cash register as, at McDonald's, right? And you're trying to be a personal banker at uh, at Chase National, you know, at Chase Bank or whatever, right? Can you get the job? You absolutely can get the job because all you're doing is you're going to, you know, think about your role as the cash register person at McDonald's and how everything relates to what you can do in um, Chase Bank. For example, for there are two things off top that are transferable to each job. I don't care what type of job it is. I don't care what it looks like, customer service and sales. Those two things convert to matter, no matter what job you, you're coming from, juxtaposed to what job you're applying for. For example, if you're saying like, hey, you know, my name is Dominic Lawson, you know, welcome to McDonald's, you know, and they say they just want a Big Mac and you ask them, would you like to supersize that? You know, it'll be a lot cheaper. This, that, and the other. It'll be a lot cheaper. You get more value for your buck. This is you selling, right? And so that will easily transfer over to a bank or whatever, right? Or like if it's a customer service issue where the, uh, you know, the, you know, they ordered the value menu and you and you didn't put your their, uh, you didn't put the fries in the bag, right? 
that's something and you and you easily rectified that situation those are skills that are easily transferable over to a chase bank right so my point is what i'm saying is is that no matter what role you're coming from there are some keys and some traits that can that can transfer over to the role that you're applying for no matter what industry you're coming from no matter what job you're coming from so just because you come from mcdonald's and try to go to chase bank doesn't mean you can't get the job it's just a matter of how you can relate to the interviewer how those skills are transferable to the role that you're applying for and if the interviewer is savvy enough they will see how how you know much analytical prowess that takes to in order to convey that over to them okay which would be a huge asset in your favor startup nation so remember that the next thing you want to do when you're in that face-to-face -face interview know the company know the company research the company go online know the vision statement know the model know the mission statement know what they're trying to do currently in the marketplace try to uh, cite some of their products you know that they currently have for example if you're talking about uh you know banking or you know if you're talking about checking accounts or something or whatever right and you talk about the basic and the basic plus checking account if you can find a way to navigate an answer you know using some of the products you know uh you know, using some of the products in your interview answer, that is a super bonus in your interview style automation because that tells the interviewer you have thoroughly researched that company. You have thoroughly researched not just that company, but their products. You have thoroughly researched some of their process and services in order to can sell that basic and basic plus checking account or wherever the case may be, cupcakes, donuts, whatever you're applying for style automation. But know the company know the direction they're trying to go to no hell know their share price okay know who the ceo is know who the executive board members are know who the c-suite officers are know the company startup nation and if, you know and if you can't find out who those partners are or those people are locally because they're not as highly publicized as the people at the top right but if you can figure out who those people are locally cite them as well that would be even better because like i said they go that all this goes to show that you have researched that company and you know that company as if you're already working there. Okay? You want to be mindful of that. So know the company, research the company, go online, do a Google research. You know, if there's any any relevant news to the day and age, like maybe they launched a new product and it went national and they got a new commercial out, cite all of that. Startup Nation, cite that. Also, prepare a list of follow-on questions. Now, you may be asking, what's a follow-on question? Okay, so for example, you know, if you if you say um, one of your strengths that you bring to this role is, uh, you know, being uh, assertive. Okay, and so a follow-on question would be, so what does you being assertive look like in this role? That's a follow-on question. Or if you say your one of your strengths is time management, and they so they may ask, what does you know uh, time management look like to you in this role? How does what is what kind of action does that look like in this role? So be prepared for those follow-on questions, okay? You know, because you're gonna be you know you you're gonna get those those type of questions so they can kind of see what kind of a well-rounded candidate you are and able to be able to you know be prepared to think on your feet as well. The next thing you want to do. You want to practice. You're probably listening to the Startup Life podcast on a smartphone, okay? Which means if you listen to the Startup Life podcast on a smartphone, you more than likely have a camera. And that camera more than likely has a record function. Record yourself going through those 50 interviews that I said that are there in the show notes. Record yourself going through those questions, going through those answers. Record yourself. Record yourself. See what you look like. And then once you record yourself, look at the video. 
Think about, look at how, you know, basically you're doing a mock interview of yourself, right? And so, you know, you can have somebody off to the side, ask you the questions, you know, to kind of help her. So that way you got to like do the camera yourself, this, that, and the other. But what I'm saying is record yourself, do a mock interview of yourself and look at the video afterwards. Look at, you know, how you answer the questions. Look at how you're, you know, expressively answering the questions. Look at if you're fidgeting. Look at if you're doing too many hand gestures or whatever. Practice, practice, practice trying to get the interview. Because the thing is, Thought of Nation, you may think I'm being extra about saying, you know, um, you know, do a power pose or record yourself doing an interview. But the thing is, if you really want this job, if you really want this job, you're going to do everything it takes to get this job. You're going to leave no stone unturned. You're going to record yourself. You're going to do the power pose. You're going to do the whole nine yard. Because if it's worth it to you, Startup Nation, you're going to do the extra work. Okay? So, like I said, this show is all about giving you all the tips and tricks and tools you need to get to the next level in your business, in your career, in your nine to five, wherever the case may be, right? So record yourself, do that startup nation, okay? Also, do like my man Aaron Rodgers said, relax, okay? Relax, okay? If you don't land this job, it ain't the end of the world. It's okay. It is okay. Like I said, there are other jobs out there. Now, don't get me wrong, it's competitive out there. It's competitive out there. But the thing is, if you do some of the things I'm telling you about, you're going to put yourself in a more in a better position to land that job. And if you're practicing and if you're taking, you know, those interview questions and you're taking them to heart and you're practicing them, the more you prep, the more relaxed you'll be. Because the thing is, it'll be like riding a bike. Think about when you first started riding the bike. You were nervous. You were scared because you fell off a couple of times. But as you got the hang of it, you weren't falling off as much, were you? And you knew when to break and you knew when to turn and you knew when to stop in the whole nine yards, right? So the more you prep, that's how the more you prep is going to determine just how relaxed you are because you know the content, you know the role, you know the job, you, you've researched the job, you've researched the role, right? So the more you prep, the more you're going to nail this interview startup nation. And, uh, you know, and another thing, you know, speaks to, you know, not just relaxing, but also stay positive. Stay positive. Like I said, it's competitive out there. I get it. I get it. Job, jobs are kind of hard to come by these days, you know, you know, for specifically specialized this and the other. Right. But stay positive, startup nation. Just remember, you have the power to control your own destiny. OK, now, granted, you won't be making the job decision because, hell, you'll just have the job. Right. But at the very least, you know, you're going to give yourself every single you know, weapon in your arsenal to make it uh, hard to say no to you. OK, be mindful that stay positive, stay in the fight, stay moving forward, stay in the grind. OK, don't get discouraged. Do not get discouraged. OK, stay positive, because the thing is, if you stay positive, the interviewer is going to see that you're positive and that's going to go well and bow well in your favor. Last thing, like I said, be honest. Don't lie. Don't lie, Startup Nation. I, I, I can't. I know I've said this is the third time I've talked about this in three different segments. Don't lie. They they gonna they going to get you. They going to get you. OK, be honest, be open. And the thing is, a lot of times people can kind of tell a person in HR who interviewed is kind of like slash a psychologist slash HR person. They can sometimes kind of tell when you're lying or not because they've been through many of interviews, okay? And so they can kind of tell when somebody's, you know, kind of not telling the truth. They don't know for sure, but the thing is, like poker, there are tales, right? Whether you're fidgeting, fi fidgeting your hands, fidgeting your seat, 
you know, looking around the room, this and the other, when we talked about making the eye contact or whatever, they can kind of tell Startup Nation. So just be honest, be open, and just be candid about weaknesses and things of that nature, okay? So here's my final take. Like I said, if you're getting the interview, you're qualified. So you can take that part out of your brain, questioning whether you're qualified during the interview, okay? At this point, if you're getting the interview, this is your time to shine, Startup Nation. This is your time to let them know, like, look, I'm the dopest person you're going to see today. I'm the most qualified person you're going to see today. I'm the most ready to fill this role now person you're going to see today. You want to convey that to the interviewer, Startup Nation. You want to let them know, like, look, bro, I'm your guy or I'm your girl. You want to go with me. If you don't go with me, you're going to regret it. It's that simple because the thing is, either I'm going to make you look smart or I'm going to make your competition look smart. Whether it be like, let's say if it's like Chase and Wells Fargo, you don't get hired at Chase and you get hired at Wells Fargo, you're going to make the person at Wells Fargo look smart and make you look stupid. It's just that simple. Now, don't go in interviews to call them stupid start nation, but what I am saying is go in with that mantra, okay? Go in with the mantra like they need you, okay? Even though you know you need them, but go in with the mantra that they need you. Go in with the confidence. Go in with the preparation that we you know we just talked about in this episode, and let them know that they will be. It would be a huge mistake not to hire you. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode, Startup Nation. I hope you got really great value from today's content. Just remember, hey, look, there's a lot of people out there looking for. For jobs and they're trying to compete with you for different type of jobs right but it's up to you to put all the work in the front end to make sure that you beat every single one of those other candidates if you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show send us an email using the address in the show notes subscribe to the startup life as it can now be heard on itunes google play stitcher radio and soundcloud and hey if you have an idea be about that life the startup life